I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. <laughs> the Strawberry Alarm Clock Podcast from Dublin's hit music station, <laughs> FM 104. The Strawberry Alarm Clock on FM 104. Hi, Nobby. This is Moira. Hi, Moira. This is Nobby. Hi, Nobby. Hi, oh, Laura. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> How, why? Why? Because why? you're talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it Laura Ricciardi? Is that how you pronounce that? Ricciardi. Ricciardi. Sorry, I knew I'd have that wrong. And it's more, more <laughs> Demos or Demo? Demos. Demos. Okay, I think I was right the first time. I think you were. <laughs> so, Laura and Moira are two ladies who are responsible for one of the biggest pieces of TV and film history of the last sort of three, is it three years ago? Just about. December of 2015. And it was one of those shows, like all the best ones, that start with, have you seen this thing on Netflix? And your thing was making a murderer. It was 10 years in the making the first season. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yes. (laughs) I try to remind people it was, you know, the 10 years was not actively filming all the time. You know, it was a self-funded project. So we had day jobs and that takes a while to make a living as well. So how far into the 10 years did you give up the day jobs? Year nine. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when anyone's writing or directing a movie, they usually have actors and actresses who are there and they're attainable. The two and three biggest people in your piece of TV work, in this case, one has passed away in tragic and horrible circumstances, two are in prison. So straight away, you have difficulty getting access to the people that your your thing is about. That's right. Um, certainly, you know, our principals, um, as you said, were, were not available to us. Um, Teresa Halbach was not available um, in, in the most meaningful way. Um, and Stephen Avery was incarcerated the entire time that we were filming. And, and Brendan Dassey was taken into custody before we could meet him. So we had to find creative ways to include you know their point of view in the story and you know to to make that limitation part of our aesthetic and we did that mainly through phone calls with both and it just made for such a compelling piece of work and perhaps because you didn't have access to them it made it even more like you were you'd be engrossed in those telephone conversations Oh, well, thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, we hope that this is a lesson to other aspiring artists or filmmakers of, you know, there's always things that you can point to of reasons not to do something or reasons, you know, why you don't have what you need. And here we had, you know, we had read this story in the New York Times about Stephen Avery and thought that his story would be an amazing journey to take. And, And yet he was, you know, our protagonist was incarcerated. We didn't have access to him. But, you know, the more we thought about it, the idea that we could we could do these interviews over the phone or record his phone calls with family, that you could capture this sort of well, well-rounded, complicated human being, but that you wouldn't have access to him, that he, he would be locked away. And in a way, that was the best way to represent incarceration. 
So, you know, there's silver linings to things sometimes. Sometimes. Do you remember, I don't know if this was a local story to, to where you were from in, in Wisconsin, or do you remember where you were when you first heard about this case and you thought, hang on, there's something in this? Yeah, we were in New York City. We were graduate film students at the time, nearing the end of our program. And we were taking a train up to Massachusetts to celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday with Moira's parents. And Stephen Avery appeared on the front page of the New York Times. And the headline read, Freed by DNA, now charged in new crime. So that was the beginning of, of it all for us. And, and on the surface, you know, you, you, and how DNA works in such a complex scientific uh, module, but you, you would think, well, hang on, it, it's DNA. It's, you're either guilty or you're not. So did that, would, that, would that make you want to give up on, on chasing the idea that there's something in it, or would you make you even more curious? Well, it's interesting you ask that because, you know, that was that was one of the questions we had. You know, we had this man who had been wrongly convicted in 1985 and here he was charged with this horrific murder in 2005. And in that 20-year time frame, you know, DNA had made tremendous advances. There had been legislative reforms. And, you know, there was a lot of talk that, you know, these problems we had had in the, in the 80s with, with our justice system, you know, those aren't going to be problems anymore. And so this was an opportunity to really test that and to, you know, watch and document the prosecution of this man who had been through the system once and, you know, how would he be treated the second time? Back again. There is, for those who are not sure yet, there is Making a Murderer Part 2 and that is going to be on on Netflix uh, globally from the 19th of October. So where does it pick up and how, how does the story, I suppose, change? Part 2 picks up with Stephen and Brendan having been sentenced, um, as we see in Part 1, to life in prison. The crimes they were convicted of carried mandatory life. Stephen is not eligible for parole. Brendan is eligible for parole in 2048 when he'll be 59 years old. So these are two individuals who maintain their innocence and are fighting to challenge their convictions and their sentences. They want to be free. They want to clear their names. And they're doing it with the help of legal and investigative teams. Um, Brendan Dassey is represented by Laura Nyrider and Steve Drizzen from Northwestern University Center on Wrongful Convictions of Youth. And Stephen Avery has a new attorney, Kathleen Zellner, who is the winningest private post-conviction attorney in the United States. Because this is real life, I, I assume this whole story has, has captured your own lives. It's something that you're not going to be able to give up on until you get the outcome that you want well it's it's true that the story continues um so we will have to you know we had to ask some serious questions before we set out on part two yeah um in terms of you know what exactly was happening would there be something to film and and you know would we have access to that so you know when we think you know i know people haven't even seen part two yet and yet we're getting questions about part three but <laughs> You know, inevitably life will continue as real life does. Yeah. So we will have to, you know, ask some of those questions again. But, you know, to us, it's about the journey. It's not really about the outcome. So, But it, it could end up being perhaps your life's work. Yeah, I mean, we're certainly planning on working on other projects, <laughs> uh, both in the nonfiction space and in scripted space. But um, we will, I, I think it's safe to say we'll always remain open to this particular story and you know should there be 
significant events that continue to unfold, I imagine, you know, we'll want to cover those in some capacity. If you do, when you do get time to do something else, do you think, will you keep it light? Maybe, you know, uh, your own version of, of a children's animated uh, toy story or... <laughs> That sounds very tempting. Yes, <laughs> could be a lot easier on, on taxing, on less taxing on the brain and <laughs> commitment voice. At yeah. the very least, we'll make sure to consume, you know, like Wes Anderson films and that sort of thing. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> the world is going to be intrigued because I think everybody's going to be looking to see what happens in in season two. Well, we're excited to finally be able to share it with viewers. So we're looking forward to the nineteenth as well. Okay, uh, it's been amazing just to hear your insights so to, to to go to the horse's mouth so to speak and hear how, how it started um, Laura and uh, Moira thank you very much for talking to us oh thank you it was a pleasure and, thank uh, you brilliant thank you very much cheers Nobby. bye thank you take care bye bye <laughs> you've been listening to FM 104 Strawberry Alarm Clock Podcast <laughs>